What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today because we're going to be talking about a subject that I know zero about. Actually, I know more about it because I read our guest's book, and it was, it was great information, but I still really don't know an awful lot about this subject, but it's a fascinating subject especially with everything that's going on right now, not only in the United States, but in the world. I mean, it's, it's just something that, that really is something that's happening everywhere. So please join me in welcoming my guest to our program today, Dr. Jim White. So welcome, Dr. White. My pleasure, Deb. Pleasure to be here. I've been Wait. looking forward to this time that we're going to have an opportunity to spend together. Perfect. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you, and then we'll jump into this because it really is going to be a fascinating discussion. So Jim White, PhD, is the CEO of 13 different companies, all aligned in the agriculture industry, including Post Harvest Technologies, Growers Ice Company, and PhD Opportunity Fund. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering, an MBA, and a doctorate in Psychology and Organizational Behavior. Over his lifetime, he has bought and sold 23 companies operating in 44 countries and has generated over $1.8 billion, with a B, dollars. Dr. White's most recent best-selling book is Opportunity Investing, How to Revitalize Urban and Rural Communities with Opportunity Funds. It is a rallying cry to invest in opportunity zones as a way to renew struggling communities across the nation. So again, Dr. White, welcome. Thank you so much, Deb. Thank you. Uh, very, 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 very kind. Uh, as I often say, when you have as many decades as I continue to build, uh, the, the resume gets a little longer. I know, you know, and, and it's always so fascinating. And that's actually one of my first questions is, sure. tell us how you got to where you are today, because you have had a very diverse and varied career. I mean, just looking at your, your different degrees, it's, it's interesting. But how is it that you discovered that this is your passion in life? Uh, what, a, what, what a great question, what a great question to lead with. And as I said, with the, with the decades, uh, we could probably end up taking uh, three or four days or answering that question. So we're limited in time. That's why I uh, set a timer, because I know I could just listen forever. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, you know, I often start uh, answering that question the following way. I, I am what sometimes I refer to self referred to as a throwaway kit. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I'm from rural, poorer than poor, mm-hmm. uh, South Carolina, okay. uh, actually born in Tacoa, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and was abandoned at five years old. Wow. And, uh, and I've only become comfortable telling this story just in recent years mm-hmm. because of the, uh, the personal nature of it. Uh, but as I progress, I've said, you know, uh, maybe I'm not uh, filling in all the pieces that's necessary. And it has uh, made you who you are. It, 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 it has. And I remember, I know what hunger is. Mm-hmm. I, I know what uh, not having the, any heat. I, you know, I, I didn't know what a childhood was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, so... That that started, and I remember that. I was chatting before we went on air. Mm-hmm. I'll be seventy-two at the end of the month, in September, 
And I remember those days like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it did set a foundation, the foundation of survival, mm-hmm. often right. survival genes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, at eight years old, I was the provider uh, for my brothers and sisters wow. uh, at, at eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, literally, uh, since you're in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, uh, and given no promotion here, but Coca-Cola, uh, mm-hmm. I picked up Coke bottles in those mm-hmm. days. And, yeah, and for and, the, the eight, five cents, whatever exactly, it was. Exactly, whatever that had, and, and return them to the store. And uh, so that was my first business, right? Uh, uh, eight, and uh, fast forwarded. Um, at 12 years old, I met my father for the first time mm-hmm. uh, at 12. That would have been uh, interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and never forget it, in 1958, mm-hmm. uh, I was living with my grandparents mm-hmm. in Salem, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Rural, no, no electricity, mm-hmm. well water. I was standing at the well, drawing water. Water. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. You were pumping. You were pumping. Mm-hmm. Pumping water. Mm-hmm. And uh, this huge car came down this one dirt road and my grandfather came to me and he says, uh, uh, that's your father and you're going to go live with him now. Whoa. And literally I went from where I was standing mm-hmm. into the car, mm-hmm. not, not a thing on my back. And I went to live with my father, which had remarried. Mm-hmm. And uh, as uh, kids, we know when we're not, welcome. We know energetically mm-hmm. uh, when the, nobody wants you around, and that was the case. But at 12, I realized this was a better life than what I had. Right, that's right. really interesting. Mm-hmm. As, the, as the decades have progressed, mm-hmm. I you know, started buying companies and started coaching. I always go back, you got to have that vision. You've got to have that plan. So I was always planning. So mm-hmm. at 12, I put a plan together. At 16, I'm going to be able in a position to be self-sufficient. Wow. My father was a crane operator working mm-hmm. in the construction industry. Mm-hmm. So I started to go to work with him mm-hmm. uh, during the summers, and I learned how to operate machinery. Mm-hmm. And uh, I became a crane operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I worked at gas stations to become a mechanic. And a lot of the uh, in those days, uh, people would show up and come your extended family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the lessons that I learned about discipline and hard work mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and, and, and integrity, integrity meaning do what you say and mean what you say and actually follow through right. with what you say. That, that blue-collar work ethic. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and, and then as, uh, at 16, uh, I ended up uh, having to leave uh, school in the 10th grade. Mm. And uh, that shocks a lot, a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially uh, in later in life with right. the education that I ended up. Mm-hmm. So at 16, I uh, left home and uh, started working construction and on the inter- interstate system around Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia, mm-hmm. quite frankly. And, uh, and then I went to Miami and worked for a contractor there. And in the 60s, I was uh, sitting on my crane one Friday afternoon, and Vietnam was uh, in the height, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I got off my crane, went down to an uh, Army recruiting station in Hialeah, Florida, mm-hmm. and walked in and said, I want to join the Army. Wow. So you and enlisted. I did. Mm-hmm. I, I enlisted. Well, good for I, you. I, I, I did. And, uh, and I said to the recruiter, I said, I got two conditions, and for for your listeners, and 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 I know your show is made up a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and, mm-hmm. and other businesses, and and probably a lot of veterans as well. And they're going to chuckle about what I'm about to say when you offer a condition to a army recruiter. Right, project. they're like, mm-hmm. We're, the only thing worse would have been if you were telling a marine recruiter, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I said, my condition is I want to go to Vietnam. And I want special forces. Wow. And because looked, I would have thought they would have said, you're going to be in construction. I mean, that's clearly, you know. Mm-hmm. It, 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 exactly. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, 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 and he said, I can absolutely guarantee, number one, you will go to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guarantee that. Mm-hmm. So I went, uh, went in and to uh, Fort Jackson with my basic. 
then I, to my disappointment, I was sent to Fort Leonard Missouri to be a combat engineer, mm. uh, a, a combat engineer. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, uh, doing forward bases mm -hmm. uh, because of my construction. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, minefield demolitions and mm -hmm. those type of things. And then after that, uh, I had an opportunity then to go to jump school and then to ranger school in, ah. at, at Fort Bennett. Mm -hmm. So I made that transition there. So I went to Vietnam and mm -hmm. I, I, I credit uh, my foundation to the military, mm -hmm. the training, the discipline. Right. And, and uh, I remember coming out of uh, the first day in basic, uh, walked in one door and all types of hair uh, and walked out the other door and we all looked the same. <laughs> you, you were shorn off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that message was, that was the first time in my life that I ever felt equal. Oh, okay. Interesting. I looked around. Mm-hmm. And we had people that were drafted. Mm -hmm. uh, we got paid very few people like myself that would volunteer in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but we had people from uh, Yale and the Ivy League mm -hmm. and uh, Alabama and Auburn and Georgia Tech and University of Georgia. And uh, you, 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 got this, you got this kid here uh, that uh, dropped, dropped out of high school in the 10th mm -hmm. grade. But I looked around at my peers and I said, I'm equal. I can yes. do this. Mm -hmm. I got, we got a level playing field. Mm -hmm. So I started to excel. I mm -hmm. set certain goals and I wanted to win this. And then I, I, I took my GED and then I started mm -hmm. studying. And then I clapped out of the first year of the college. And uh, uh, then I went to Vietnam. I had two tours of Vietnam wow. and, uh, uh, and two tours. And I went as an enlisted. Mm -hmm. And then I got a... Uh, uh, now I got a direct field commission and, uh, and, uh, got out of the army. I got injured, got out of the army in 1971 mm -hmm. and, uh, came back to Atlanta, Georgia mm -hmm. and, uh, went in the Georgia national guard mm -hmm. and, uh, started to, uh, had, had to go to work and I went to work for a contractor and I, uh, was a working foreman on a bridge across the Chattahoochee river out in Little ah. Green, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, the, uh, uh, my battalion commander was very supportive, mm -hmm. and he says, "You, you got to further your education. Mm -hmm. You got, you got." And there is that little thing called the GI Bill. Yes, exactly, and that's exactly. And I'm saying, "There's no way." And uh, so, with a lot of support, uh, I applied to Georgia Tech, mm -hmm. and to my surprise, I got accepted. Mm -hmm. And so, I entered their uh, civil engineering program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And probably the toughest thing I ever did because I, I was not really prepared for all the foundational work that you need. Mm -hmm. We studied, okay. mm -hmm. so uh, I, I I graduated and uh, went to work for a contractor uh, uh, dealership in uh, Decatur, Georgia, mm -hmm. and uh, and then Ingersoll Rand Company uh, uh, was a large company, and uh, they recruited me as the sales engineer, and. Uh, and I just started to excel it. My promotion started to come in extremely rapid, mm -hmm. uh, very focused. Mm -hmm. uh, Ingersoll Rand sent me to school for my MBA. They paid for that. Uh, so I received that. Then I went in the international group. Mm. Uh, so I went to Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. I was in Saudi uh, for, for three years, the Middle Eastern manager, and, uh, and then got promoted to vice president for the construction and mining group for Ingersoll Rand. And uh, went to Woodcliffe Lakes, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Had no debt. Had had money in the bank. Mm -hmm. uh, had this beautiful office in the corner office uh, in in this huge corporate uh, mm -hmm. park. And I remember we get one Monday morning. I showed up and I sat in my office and I said, "What am I doing here? I'm miserable." Mm. So. Uh, Ingersoll Rand had a division underperforming, and I went to the chairman of the board, and I said, I'd like to buy it. Oh, not run it, buy it. Buy it. Hmm. So the advice I give people, if you ever go to your employer and suggest that you want to buy something from it, and it fails, <laughs> you may want to have your resume current. So <laughs> this is true. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so that's when I entered into my first foray in uh, acquisitions, okay. merger, mm -hmm. deal structure. Uh, and unfortunately, it did not uh, materialize. Uh, 
And being a young, younger and a little bit more aggressive, I'm going to use that word in those days, uh, probably the ego factor was a little higher than it should have been. Mm-hmm. And um, so I resigned from Ingersoll Rand mm-hmm. and uh, started my first business in 1980 in Washington, D.C. Well, what was that? Um, uh, we had developed, uh, 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 well, Ingersoll Rand had people to the corporate officers do this bad thing called lobbying in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we all had our turn. Mm-hmm. And I loved it when I had I spent about six years mm-hmm. understanding, knocking on the door at World Bank and XM Bank and uh, learning how to do project finance and putting all that together. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started my first company. Uh, I, I started the first company mm-hmm. uh, going to some of the uh, customers that we had, mm-hmm. customers, uh, small business defined as 200 million or less mm-hmm. that were looking to expand their markets to the third world country. Mm-hmm. And, and which uh, you had experience with. Which I had experience. So I said, I can, I can, I can do this for you. I mm-hmm. can work. And let me be your middle. I didn't know what mm-hmm. to call, our, call us. Mm-hmm. So we said, we're consultants. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started uh, working with the companies and uh, I got a huge break with the firm not too far uh, years ago uh, mm-hmm. from a Blunt, B-L-O-U-N-T construction, mm-hmm. actually in Montgomery, Alabama, which started in the uh, right after World War II. And uh, so they had a project uh, in Nigeria was underperforming. So I convinced mm-hmm. them that I was the answer to all their problems. Mm-hmm. And so I went to Nigeria, did that project. Uh, became CEO of Blunt World Trade mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, for 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 a period of time, and then started buying and selling companies mm-hmm. around the world. Mm-hmm. So I ended up buying uh, ten in a ten year period of time. As you said in the introduction, we operated in forty three countries, mm-hmm. and the one that uh, was the largest I purchased was in Belgium, uh, wow. called ASAC Centrifugal Pumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a hundred year old company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ended up acquiring it, mm-hmm. and uh, we had 32% of the OPEC market in, 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 in the Middle East of, wow. of transfer pumps, mm-hmm. big pump. Mm-hmm. So I took it and uh, and ended up uh, selling it uh, uh, in 1991 and uh, retired, and uh, uh, that lasted 24 hours. And uh, <laughs> You thought, nah, that's boring. <laughs> yeah, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and then I we started getting requests from uh, different executive teams around the world. Come and tell us how you did this deal. How did you mm-hmm. trip this deal? How did you do that? So, I, you know, my ego was stroked again. And, right. And so I started speaking engagements, did a lot of speaking. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up and I said, I got another business in the making. Mm-hmm. So I'm a pat rat. So I took all of the things that worked and didn't work. Uh, I created a curriculum called Circle Success. It's a one-year leadership mm-hmm. management uh, process. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started uh, working with the executives. And uh, before I knew it, the company was 25 years old. And, uh, and uh, so I had 162 consultants worldwide. We, mm-hmm. we, we had a very uh, specific niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, we developed a reputation. If you're in trouble, if your company's in trouble, like that, we were to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we became that uh, the, the toughest of the tough, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the worst of the worst, and uh, uh, situations that we would come mm-hmm. into. So we, we fast forward uh, to your, your question about how did I get involved in opportunity investing? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the family members and major shareholders of the company we're involved in now, actually, we work together as, mm-hmm. as consultants. And uh, so uh, these companies, uh, Growers Eyes, Post-Service Technologies mm-hmm. that you mentioned in the introduction, uh, started in 1936. Uh, 1936 mm-hmm. uh, in Salinas, California, mm-hmm. and Salinas, California is referred to as the salad bow of the world. I mean, right. people realize, right? It is huge. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's a large family, fourth generation, and as you well know, with all the work that you've done and interviews done over the years, uh, it's very rare that a family-owned business is going to make it past the tw- second, maybe third generation. Right. Yeah, they're like, nah, I'm going to go do something else. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, so I was asked uh, if uh, if if I would come and take a look at their company and see what we could do to um, improve them. And uh, 
it was more of that psychology thing, and which is the other part of the degree, I decided when I was 55 to go back to school. And I love it. 55. Mm-hmm. When I went back to school uh, to work on, because I'm, I'm coaching, mm-hmm. uh, I felt that, yeah, I was pretty good at it intuitively, mm-hmm. but I felt someone like, I'm going to use this lightly, kind of like a fraud a little bit. Mm-hmm. I what's consensually mm-hmm. about it, but I had to, uh, so I wanted to go back to school, get your mm-hmm. credentials so I can have, have, have the credibility right. when I'm talking to someone, mm-hmm. uh, not only for the year, years of experience, but they've got some clinical mm-hmm. right. uh, support behind mm-hmm. it. So that's the reason I went back and uh, worked on my, uh, my, my PhD, mm-hmm. which took me forever to complete, which was done in 2005. And uh, so that was the educational piece. So, so we started looking at these, these companies and uh, Grower's Ice in 2016, mm-hmm. and uh, it was brutal, 2017. It was probably the most, one of the most brutal engagements. Uh, brutal meaning you had family members that did not like each other. You, mm-hmm. it, it was just toxic. Mm-hmm toxic mm-hmm. and uh, get myself in trouble here, uh, but very, very, very toxic. Mm-hmm. And so we worked through um, a lot of different changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017, um, then I started making a lot of reorganization. So mm-hmm. in December 2017, uh, the TCJA, the Tax Cut Job Act, mm-hmm. uh, was, was passed. Mm-hmm. I looked at the bill, followed the legislation, mm-hmm. And uh, I looked at my initial reaction was, man, what a bad bill. (laughs) Jesus, what are we doing here, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Then I started reading it, and uh, I need to get a life because I'm probably the only one that reads tax code. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't think even sometimes tax attorneys and accountants read all of it. And then, 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 then. So page 130 of this legislation Identified opportunity zones. I said, hmm, hmm interesting. Mm-hmm. So I was just fascinated mm-hmm. because I got this brain. I uh, I love business. I love mm-hmm. the entrepreneur. And at the same time, I got this other side of the brain. I like social justice. Right, right. So helping people. Mm-hmm. Helping people, being able to do that. Mm-hmm. So all the businesses that I had the pleasure to acquire or run as CEO, mm-hmm. it's always that, 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 that magic sauce mm-hmm. right in the middle. Mm-hmm. How can we, I think we've done a great job as leaders, as CEOs, if we can look at our companies and say, uh, man, that employee is progressing. They got a career. I want to have more than just a job. Mm-hmm. Right. And actually mean it. Mm-hmm. Don't just, you know, just clips, mm-hmm. uh, just clip it. So actually mean it. I'm very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every company I'm involved in, I'm always trying to see how we can structure it. I don't like to, when people say the minimum wage, it drives me nuts, uh, drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. People need to be able to live in a quality of life that they choose to live. Right. And we, as business leaders, we got to find a way to be able to, uh, to, to be able to, set, uh, to meet in the middle, if you right. will. Well, and make money as a business. I mean, that's the, that's the other thing is, you know, you, you can't give it all away. You cannot give it all away. And that is that magic sauce. And uh, uh, I am a go or any guy. And if you would ask my staff today, the only thing I hear from the boss is, did you meet your numbers? Mm. Did you meet your numbers? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you meet your numbers? And, uh, and, and, and that is an ongoing. And then I communicate. This is the reason this is so important. Mm-hmm. Unless we can uh, give the returns that's necessary to the shareholders that's taking the risk mm-hmm. and at the same time uh, have enough money to continue to invest in our businesses, mm-hmm. continue to grow in our businesses, if we don't get all of those legs on this stool mm-hmm. uh, set in the same way, we, we can't help anybody. Right. right. We can't help anybody. Very, very, very straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's not that complex, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, as you well know, I mean, there's so many people that don't look at it. We, we get mm-hmm. so focused and mm-hmm. what we're doing today. And it's just like, maybe we're stretched too far. Maybe we don't have a good business model. Maybe we're not using the technology. Mm-hmm. And I know that's one of the things that you did many years ago when you started the show was uh, highlighting how you can use social media. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that. All those tools mm-hmm. 
that you're doing on the show and, and the hard skills, right? So you got right. to have hard mm -hmm. skills and then you got to have your soft skills. Mm -hmm. So 28, February 2018, I established PhD Opportunity Fund. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, somewhat selfish because our 28-acre campus, as we refer to it in mm -hmm. Salinas, we have 300,000 square feet of co-storage facility and what we call another process called pre-cooling. Well, pre-cooling is, is this. If you have vegetables in the field, you got to get it to a field, get it facility, mm -hmm. and get the heat out of it to prolong the mm -hmm. and then you mm -hmm. store it. Mm -hmm. So, as I said, this campus has been around since 1936. It's had uh, uh, additions and additions. Mm -hmm. It's so inefficient. It's, uh, I mean, everything about it was just like a, uh, just a maze. And uh, so we, I started looking at how do we improve it? Mm -hmm. uh, how do we update it? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the reason the Qualified Opportunity mm -hmm. Zones became so important to them because right. we are in a Qualified mm -hmm. Opportunity Zone. Mm -hmm. Right. So we wrote the book. Mm -hmm. Literally. <laughs> Literally. We wrote the book. Mm -hmm. We wrote the book and started writing the book in April of 2019. Mm -hmm. And uh, because Treasury, uh, you know, it's like the Wild West. The rules were, mm -hmm. you know, were, were being developed. And uh, so I wanted to bring clarity to it. And uh, because it's, it's, it's so important. There's over 35 million Americans that live in these qualified opportunity mm -hmm. zones. Mm -hmm. 35 million Americans and these uh, deprived. Mm -hmm. 35 million Americans, not only in urban, mm -hmm. but the rural areas. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm one of those people that actually think that we can bring manufacturing back to the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, one of those people to think all of these plants that were closed, mm -hmm. we can open them again. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's my passion between opportunity, mm -hmm. opportunity invested and opportunity mm -hmm. zones. Right. So, what specifically? Is a qualified opportunity zone. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, uh, a zone. It, 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 the criteria is this: if if you have the medium income in a particular census tract, mm -hmm. and and let's say that the area me, uh, income is say if it falls below say sixty percent, forty percent in that area. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a threshold that says mm -hmm. that income is below the medium. Okay. And, and therefore, uh, that has an opportunity to become mm -hmm. as a designated certified opportunity zone. Mm -hmm. And it works two ways. Mm -hmm. The Treasury does the certification, mm -hmm. but each state governor uh, can designate, has a liberty to designate. Oh, okay. Right, because it would vary from state to state. It was. So mm -hmm. we got that combination. Mm -hmm. So currently, as we speak, there's pushing uh, about 8,800 mm -hmm. certified mm -hmm. opportunity zones mm -hmm. in the United States and mm -hmm. the territories today. Now, so that's that's the criteria of what a zone is. Mm -hmm. Now, why why is this initiative so, so important? Mm -hmm. And as I said, the CC... TCJA, if I can speak. Uh, Too many uh, acronyms. It's the government. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the bill itself, I mean, we, we got some improvement. We can all put an improved bill. But the intent, once again, were you a Republican, Democrat? I, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. It's all about what we can do for America. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, this is a good initiative mm -hmm. because we have on the sidelines, mm -hmm. Over $6 trillion of unrealized capital gains on the sidelines. Wow. Okay. Big deal. Mm -hmm. We have 35 million Americans mm -hmm. that reside in these zones. And now in the time of COVID-19 mm -hmm. and all the job losses, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's going to grow. And so the incentive is this. The incentive. Okay. Misinvestor, mm -hmm. if you have capital gains, capital gains, mm -hmm. and if you invest in a qualified opportunity fund, mm -hmm. and I'm going to speak now, now prior to uh, December 31, 2021, mm -hmm. you can reduce your basis that you owe to mm -hmm. the IRS by 10%. 
Wow. Mm -hmm. Then the taxes that you owe, you do not have to pay those mm -hmm. until April of 2027. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, Miss Investor, institutional investors, mm -hmm. if you, if you keep your money in the fund for 10 years, all the appreciation mm -hmm. from that fund is tax free mm. exit. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal. So it's not, and, and this, this program uh, cost the treasury to taxpayers about 15 cents for every dollar invested. Mm -hmm. Other programs that we have in the United States mm -hmm. is run from 18 to 20 cents. So mm -hmm. the numbers are. Right. are it's are, it's are a good big. number. Mm -hmm. Good mm -hmm. number. Right. So you got all of these rules and uh, there's so many opportunities mm -hmm. for uh, small businesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, on our website, uh, PhD Opportunity Fund, we created a map. And you could go to the map. Any mm -hmm. of your your listeners could go to the map, and you they may be listening to the show, mm -hmm. and they say, "Is my business in the qualified opportunity mm -hmm. zone?" Mm -hmm. So that would be the first thing I would say to everybody: mm -hmm. check out if you're in the opportunity zone and you're looking to grow. Maybe you're looking to expand. Mm -hmm. Well, first to determine that, then maybe if you if you don't have a business plan, let's put a business plan together, mm -hmm. and then you can start pitch into funds right that has interest in your asset class mm -hmm. so it's it's it, and that's what i wanted to accomplish mm -hmm. uh through 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 writing the book and i know i i, I gave a long answer to your initial question mm -hmm. and uh uh so i will I will take a breath there. Right. <laughs> well, and uh, it's interesting. I, I've got the map open, um, and it's incredible how much you know there there is. And it, it, it's funny out on the the east, there's lots of little small areas, and then of course in the west, there's large areas. Right. Um, you know, and and my understanding is that in essence, these are areas that are a depressed area <laughs> for a variety of reasons, and we'll talk about some of those, but we want to encourage businesses to come in. Correct. And so, you know, there's a, obviously a variety of ways to do this, not the least of which is, you know, the, the fact that, you know, you can get tax incentives, some, you know, some things like that. And, and so, you know, but, but there's a catch 22 and you talk about this in your book, um, which is again, opportunity investing. And, you know, because a, a, you know, an area that's qualifying as an opportunity zone, you know, I mentioned is depressed. So that means probably crime is up. Right. Um, you Education and healthcare might be down, right. you know, kind of, a, you know, a variety of things that, that are, that's what makes it a depressed area. Right. So a lot of businesses are thinking, well, why would I want to invest there? Why would I want to build there? There aren't even people there that I want to hire. Right. So that that ends up being one of the biggest hurdles. How do you work through that? Yeah, oh, oh, what great point. And I, I spent so much time uh, and, and writing that portion. How we work through it and how, and I'll, I'll do firsthand because it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. to, I not only wrote the book, but I'm actually doing what I, mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what I suggest for them our business. And what we're doing, and uh, we, we partner with a uh, local community, and more specific, uh, nonprofits. Right. And, and job programs. Mm -hmm. uh, and also uh, invest in uh, rehab, mm -hmm. uh, community outreach, uh, at-risk youth. Mm -hmm. uh, all of those things are real, uh, real issues. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but challenges is that easy no i feel like sometimes i'm pushing one big snowball uphill mm -hmm. right but it takes patience takes what we're doing and, and thank you for allowing us to share this message uh education mm -hmm. and to get everybody involved and and and, and that a lot of people say, well, that's pretty naive jim well i'm going to remain naive because i do believe that we can help uh, people and you can connect when I say that connect the heart and the head. We just mm -hmm. got to figure out a way to connect that heart right. and the head and to be able to give people opportunities. And from, from my story and, uh, uh my, my background, uh, I know what it's like. Uh, I, 
I, I, I love just getting out in the community. Mm-hmm. I, can re, I can relate. I can mm-hmm. put on my boots. I understand. Mm-hmm. I can have a conversation. And, uh, and then the nice thing, then I can maybe uh, uh, put on a different mm-hmm. set of jeans and a different jacket and go talk to board members or talk to investors right. and say, don't ignore it. I know it is a challenge, mm-hmm. right. but just don't ignore mm-hmm. We We, we, the private sector, Mm-hmm. We can do more for this country than any government program out there. So it's, right. it's so we're sitting on this money, mm-hmm. uh, but it's 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 not easy. I I I, it, I don't give a flip answer to people to ask mm-hmm. that question because it's not easy. Right. But but we do it, and mm-hmm. we got to start someplace. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it it is difficult because if say you know business. Amazon, shall we say, yeah. you know, I was gonna say business A, but we'll just, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. um, right. you know, they, they clearly want to go into an area that has a good infrastructure. Right. Um, you know, you, you talk in your book about some of the areas, I mean, Flip Michigan would probably be one of the, the biggest examples of this, where when the area gets depressed, right. the entire infrastructure goes, right. you don't have good water, you don't have good sewer, you don't have, you know, a, a lot of things. And so, you know, companies like, oh, why would we want to go there? Um, plus, they want, depending on what they do, an educated workforce, you know, if for, for some high school is, is fine. For some, you know, you might need some highly skilled, say, engineers, you know, people like that. And what's going to draw those people to the community are the amenities, the, you know, the movie theaters, you know, all of those things. And if you're going out into, say, rural Arkansas, <laughs> you know, you're going to lose those things. But, you know, as, as I was reading your book, one of the things that I was thinking about, and, and, you know, it, it, this is purely anecdotal because there just hasn't been enough time to, to even go through this, is I think the pandemic is changing this. It is. I, I saw something or heard something, uh, and this was on news, and it was on news that I trusted, you know, because there are those out there. We all know about that. But they were talking about the fact that so many people now are first, they're going, well, hey, if I'm having to work from home, I can do that anywhere. I don't have to be in this big city with the pollution, with the traffic, with all of those things. I might really want to go to rural America. As long as I've got internet, you know, I'm, I'm fine. And I think we have companies that are doing that too. You know, they're thinking, you know, we don't have to be, you know, we, we can move out. So I think, I think probably the next year is really going to be interesting because unfortunately, you know, as, as we kind of alluded to, we're going to have more more poverty that comes out. I mean, the haves and the have-nots are, they're going to get further apart. Um, you know, but at the same point, I think there really are going to be so many opportunities. You know, you hate to, you hate to see so many people out of work, but that does give opportunity for, for people to say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to start this business here, um, you know, and, and, or move our business there or open a factory or whatever it is, um, you know, because there's, there's a lot of different opportunities that are going to happen. And I think a lot of people really are going to say, I'm done with the city. I just don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. And uh, I have seen a shift since March mm-hmm. uh, uh, along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am doing it in my own businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just hired uh, a phenomenal uh, mechanical engineer, mm-hmm. a PE from a rural community mm-hmm. and uh, in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and uh, for our operation in Yuma, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's uh, this little thing called Zoom. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to be in the same place. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So those the dynamics are shifted, mm-hmm. and uh, so if we if we look at one of the we're talking about the rural areas, mm-hmm. and we look at the demographics there, and we got to understand the educational level. Any any rural area we go, we have some people. We we have mm-hmm. DNA. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we got to determine uh, and to share with them, this is what we can do. This this will allow us to help you do a job. Oh, by the way, as you say, geez, a uh, business that's uh, trying to set up mm-hmm. in this particular, well, I need this uh, high-tech, 
highfalutin uh, engineers or the finance or the marketing. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. But like you said, guess what? This thing called Zoom is going to help us do that. Remote working mm-hmm. is going to allow us to do that. Right. But we can still establish mm-hmm. what's referred to as the QOZ business. In other words, qualified opportunity business, because there's some very strict guidelines from right. the Treasury. Mm-hmm. Which, Which yeah, I mean, we're talking IRS here, and they're right. you know we we might all kind of scoff about lots of things in the government, but the IRS, you know, they yeah, they're a different entity. <laughs> Absolutely. So there there are uh, no pun there, there there are opportunities, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think we got a, a huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I'm so excited, mm-hmm. even though I. I wake up every morning and we turn on the news and I get, uh, you know, like a lot of us, pretty mm-hmm. depressed over some of the things, which we'll just let that be for the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there's uh, uh, there's opportunity. We, we, we can we can change the framework mm-hmm. and the 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 face of mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. right now. Right. And as a result, unfortunately, mm-hmm. this pandemic mm-hmm. and I often tell people. You don't have to cut your hand or your finger to know it's going to hurt. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. But, but it, are, it will heal. It will heal. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's it. It will well, heal. You know, and the the other thing about the technology and things, you know, it, now we're not limited just U.S. You know, we can be hiring workers. We can, you know, get investors from around the world. You know, all of it these various part. things. Um, you know, and and I, you know, there there's. We're we're not talking about okay. Well, we're going to move a call center to somewhere else. I mean, you know, that's different. Why not move the call center back here? Exactly. And you know, it's interesting. Many years ago, I worked for a company that moved their call center to uh, South Dakota, mm-hmm. and it was like, really, we're moving to South Dakota? Well, they got tax benefits. I mean, you know, back to the IRS. There's there's those funny things. But part of the reason they picked that location, there's a military base there. Right. And there were a whole bunch of spouses yes. who needed something to do. And typically, you know, you're, you're on a base for, you're assigned there for a year or so. So, you know, you, the, the turnover was there, but not, you know, not huge. And so it was, it was a great benefit. Plus, you know, the, their, their cost benefits was fairly low because they had, you know, the, the spouse had, had military benefits. Um, but, you know, so I think a lot of companies can think about that. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, you can answer a phone from anywhere. Let's, we've all seen that, right? Mm-hmm. The other benefit that I'm really seeing is all of this online education that right. is really starting to take place. You know, and, and so say you, you start a company in, you know, some more remote area, but you figure, you know, we need to, to get a different education level. Fine. Everybody takes online courses, um, you know, through, through wherever they need. And, you know, and these are courses from, say, Georgia Tech, you know, from, from all of these schools that they're very good, very qualified schools. So as a company, if you're supporting that, that's just phenomenal. Yeah, I, I I agree, and uh, I, I I love love your views. Deb. I uh, I am such an educational. Uh, I I am I'm a, I, I support education. You have a PhD. I have two masters. So yeah. <laughs> we're just one of those people. We just go back to school and go back yeah. to school <laughs> with the intent. Uh, man, I actually want to learn. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to learn. How can I get better? How can I can learn, and. We have a program at our companies mm-hmm. uh, where we have our, my own curriculum that I've built over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these soft skills, hard mm-hmm. skills, uh, and we have online portals. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of our employees are given access to that for free. We mm-hmm. do it in English and Spanish and any other thing we want to do uh, because, as I say, I have the pleasure to address my employees. I said, you know, I hope your career is going to be here, mm-hmm. but if it's not, this education that we're affording you, nobody can take it away from you. Mm-hmm. Right. So take it advantage. Take advantage of it. Take advantage. And uh, so we are. Uh, we, we're we're always supporting that. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, in the QOZs, the mm-hmm. same thing can happen. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we talk about the rule. No, it's mm-hmm. there's to me. There's no excuses anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. 
You know, you mentioned where you grew up. Well, I grew up in the mountains of Colorado, you know, yeah. elevation 8,000 feet. <laughs> you know, I, I laugh at Georgia when they say, oh, we have mountains. I'm like, no, nah. you know, Georgia does not have mountains. We got hills. <laughs> um, but in, in a very, it was a very remote area, completely mm-hmm. surrounded by mountains. We mm-hmm. had to go over a mountain pass to get out. Which meant during the winter, we got really isolated, um, yeah. you know, and, and the closest major grocery store, you know, we had a little, little small town one, but the closest major grocery store, the closest doctor, the closest hospital, 65 miles away ah. over a mountain pass. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, education when I was in school, I mean, there, the internet had not been invented on that old. Um, and so, you know, it really was, if you wanted an education past high school, you had to leave. That was, you know, and and the, the fact now that you don't have to do that. I mean, that's just incredible. Um, you know, but I look at say, you know, where I grew up, I mean, I had 32 in my graduating class and that was the whole County. Um, you know, and, and that was a very large class. I mean, last year, I think they had eight. Um, but you know, it's, it, it is still a very, I don't want to say depressed, but it is a, you know, it's a fairly depressed community. But it, you know the, the the interesting thing is, of course, you know people there people move there on purpose because they want that lifestyle. You know they don't want to be in the big cities. And 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 it, you know again, I come back to the fact that you know now we're in this pandemic. People are thinking, I don't want to live in the big city anymore, or at least I don't want to live downtown. I don't want those commutes. You know, it's. I think this this really is, as we've been saying, going to cause some pretty dramatic changes. Yeah, it, it is. And if I may, as talked about the urban centers mm-hmm. uh, where, where we have the exit. Right. And uh, I mean, this is certainly, uh, as we all know, in March, uh, New York, the mm-hmm. city of New York and Connecticut. Right. When you shut down New York City, holy schmoly. Right. E- exactly. And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a lot of folks mm-hmm. uh, that are leaving the city. So mm-hmm. we've got to have that balance as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's also an, uh, another opportunity uh, to say, no, this will pass. We right. just can't throw everything away mm-hmm. and leave our uh, urban centers either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then within the opportunity zone rules, uh, it'd be surprising. I just, since we're talking about the Manhattan area, uh, the, uh, the uh, Brooklyn Navy mm-hmm. shipyard, the old, and parts of that's an opportunity zone, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there's 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 really room for growth there because we got people leaving the city. We understand mm-hmm. it. We got mm-hmm. to stabilize those. Mm-hmm. We got people in the rural communities that need more jobs. We can stabilize that. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 to me it's it's a one one huge mm-hmm. uh, balancing act of the problem that we can solve, mm-hmm. especially. If we can be consistent in our regulations from Treasury, right. and one of the challenges for the QOZ initiative is uh, sometimes they change it too much. It makes mm-hmm. it difficult for... Yeah, it is. It does get political on occasion, right? It gets very political, mm-hmm. and uh, and and uh, gets very political, mm-hmm. and uh, it's hard to make long-term decisions if somebody's going to make a knee-jerk mm-hmm. reaction, right? Right. Right. And especially if you're thinking of moving or opening a right. big business. I mean, you know, that's that's a that's not something that you're thinking, hey, this is going to be a year or two. We're talking 10, 20 years, you know, some right. you know, some things like that. But you know, one of the things that, that I'm also curious about is, you know, we've been talking about moving or establishing a business. Right. What if you're just somebody who wants to invest Mm-hmm. And, but doesn't, you know, it doesn't have the checkbook that Bill Gates does, you know, how, what are the opportunities for, you know, every, everyday people? Yeah, boy, I love your question. I'm a smart one, kid. <laughs> yeah. one, one of the things that uh, I wanted to accomplish in our fund, PhD Opportunity Fund, and we got uh, fund one, two, three, got a lot of different mm-hmm. funds in, in the play. I wanted to be able to uh, make it available to anybody on the street mm. uh, to be able to participate, mm-hmm. to be able to say it's within our reach. Mm-hmm. 
So a lot of a lot of our funds, we set up the investments, and I know this number is still going to sound high to a lot of people, but a minimum investment like fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars in our world, that's not major. That's, yeah, that's pretty small. Mm-hmm. Pretty small, right? And I did that because I wanted to, like you said, if somebody said that, I just got a call yesterday mm-hmm. from an, uh, an, an, an the, uh, investment advisor mm-hmm. that's represented this couple and said they saw what we were doing mm-hmm. and uh, they got $300,000 of capital gains mm-hmm. and they want to mm-hmm. uh, spread that around. And they'd mm-hmm. like to put $50,000 in our fund because they just love what we're doing. And, mm-hmm. and they feel this is the fund that's invite them in where they mm-hmm. could just be there side by side, mm-hmm. the big guys, if mm-hmm. you will, the big person, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we're trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's difficult from a fund because it is a small amount because right. a lot of these mm-hmm. uh, projects. But if you get a bunch of those, then you've got a big amount. Yeah, exactly. This project you've seen this. It's over $200 million investment, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a big, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But we're still trying to find ways for people to be able to, from, from Main Street, mm-hmm. to get involved in it. Right. Right. You know, and, and I mentioned also before when we were chatting before we started the program, you know, I, I have had several different people on my, my program who are Amazon third-party vendors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now they outsource whatever their product is, mm-hmm. usually to China. You know, let's mm-hmm. just be honest. That's, that's where that, that happens. And for a variety of reasons, they'd like to bring it closer. Um, you know, it is obviously much easier to manage inventory when it's not having to go across an ocean. <laughs> you know, doesn't mean, That really is one of the biggest drawbacks, especially if you're not, you know, producing enough that you have an entire boat. You know, if you're having to get just cargo space and you're having to wait for that, that's just a difficult thing. So to me, I see this as a great opportunity for maybe some businesses to combine and, and, you know, and and that's the thing, you know, they might not be able to run 24 seven by themselves or anything like that, or even, you know, just, just a a day shift. But if they start combining with other companies, then that might be where they can really go, you know what, we can bring this business back into the United States. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, That is an opportunity uh, where, like I said, you could combine, mm-hmm. you could uh, make a presentation mm-hmm. to a fund that has interest, and and look at building a manufacturing resource that could be shared mm-hmm. with something right. like that, and to be right. like that. Mm-hmm. And actually, actually, some of the things that we're looking at, mm-hmm. we we are actively uh, looking for that. We're we're because our focus right now is on the industrial side, mm-hmm. uh, because again, trying to create jobs. Right. Uh, so from the industrial mm-hmm. side, so, so we're looking at that as mm-hmm. as, as we speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we uh, started the program, we, we were talking about Birmingham, for example, mm-hmm. Birmingham, Alabama. Well, Birmingham, Alabama, uh, they have a uh, they have a, in uh, called uh, Opportunity Alabama, mm-hmm. and I was just talking to them last week. Uh, about some of the rural areas, mm-hmm. especially for stone fruit, right? Mm-hmm. For uh, right. stone fruit. Mm-hmm. And, and and I just point that out because mm-hmm. we're always looking and there's these co-ops mm-hmm. that we could do. So uh, for all of your third-party Amazon, I would mm-hmm. say, folks, we have an opportunity right. and we should take a serious look at it. And give me a call. <laughs> right. And, and of course, you know, when you've got the facility and the workers and the technology, you right. know, it's it, now, you know, this, this is way out of my realm of knowledge. But if, for, for many things, it's probably pretty easy to shift what you're producing, especially because of the technology. You know, so if it's, say, a, a, a plant that does plastic items, you know, it doesn't matter if you're doing kitchen house, you know, items as opposed to, you know, shelving or whatever. Plastic's plastic. You just change what you're making. And so that's where you say, okay, well, you know, this week, this company is going to, to you know, be on our production line. I mean, that's how these big companies work anyway. And, and, that and so falls, then it's, it just makes it easy to switch around. And that falls into the realm, what we refer to as contract manufacturing now. Mm-hmm. And of course you have it and then you've got your, uh, different molds and mm-hmm. the technology, but yes, that, that can be done. And right. uh, sorry, 
Huge. And and especially when you start figuring in AI and and you know a lot of other things, which I mean, you know, again, I mean things things are just growing so rapidly and, and we're able to to see so many things. So you know, it's slowed down right now. We'll be honest. It's you know, it's just slowed down. But I, I like the analogy of, you know, you you cut yourself, it hurts, it bleeds, but somehow it heals. Right. You know, is good or bad, it it does heal. And and then you go on, you know, with with either a little scar or a big scar, but you go on. Right. Yeah. And 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 that's what we must do in this COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. We're in pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I am I I I am I'm I'm red, white, and blue. I love this country. It gave me so many. You are an army guy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm an army guy. Mm-hmm. I love, and the opportunity that I say that she has afforded us, she, mm-hmm. the United States mm-hmm. has afforded us, uh, is just, and the, and the future is bright. Right, uh, right. Well, I mean, even if you ju- just look now at companies that within six months have made major, we'll use the term of the day, pivots right. uh, you know, to, to do something that that you know they met they six months ago they never would have thought they were doing and now it's it's phenomenal what they're doing um right. you know and and they're taking advantage of those opportunities and unfortunately there will be many that that can't you know the the hospitality industry is probably one of the the biggest examples of that but you know that's where you're you know you you have to think of something different i mean you know the there's there's a restaurant near us that you know sit down restaurant fairly fancy restaurant they built a drive through you know, and, and now obviously their menu is much more limited on the drive-through because you're not going to sit out there for, you know, 15 minutes waiting. Um, but yeah, they were like, people aren't coming in. We still want to be in business. You know, they've been doing takeout. They've been doing delivery, but they, they put drive-through. So, you know, all of these various things, when people stop and think, how can we do it differently? I think that's where we're really going to see the opportunities come. I absolutely agree. And uh, you mentioned drive-through, and I know we're very short on time. Um, uh, I can't, I'm just reminded, is the varsity still in existence? It is. The varsity is. <laughs> they've, they've opened back up to, you know, some, some partial type of, of seating, um, you know, and, and, but yeah, the varsity is still here. I think I, I'm, I think the varsity that's at the airport might still be closed just because, you know, the, the airport is, you know, much more limited, but yep. The varsity is still here. You can still go down and, and, you know, get your, your hot dogs and the, the orange drink they're not selling anymore. That caused a big to do. Um, but, but yeah, varsity is still here. And for, for anybody listening, just check it out. Just Google Atlanta varsity and you'll find out what we're talking about. Yeah, I've said a lot of time there, you know, a lot of hot dogs. All right, because it's, it's across from Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> exactly. And like mounds of French fries, right? <laughs> <laughs> we made the mistake the first time going there of each one of us ordering French fries. <laughs> was like, okay, we got enough French fries for 20 people. <laughs> we, so. we did. We did. Well, Dr. White, this really has been fascinating. And we've just scratched the surface on this. And, and surface, I, yeah. you know, I'd love maybe in six months to, you know, 12 well, months to, because things hopefully will have settled down more and, and we'll know a little bit more. Obviously, the election will have taken place. Right. So, you know, that, that's going to be a big determining factor. You know, love or hate, whoever, that <laughs> is going to, you know, going to change things. And so the election will have taken place. The pandemic will have hopefully calmed, not just here, but, but worldwide. So I'd love to have you on again um, to, to talk about, you know, a lot of new opportunities. But until then, how do people find you and, and get in contact with you? Um, PhTOpportunityFund.com, PhTOpportunityFund.com. Mm-hmm. And they can also, if they're interested in the, the books that mm-hmm. we, we have, go to uh, AuthorJimWhite.com. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, the book that I read for the program, and you have to hold it up because I just have the digital oh, version, right. is Opportunity Investing, How to Revitalize Urban and Rural Communities with Opportunity Funds. And it really was a very interesting book. Um, you know, lots of, of great things in there that, that really make you go, hmm. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. It, and as you, you know, I also included in part four of the book was more about running companies and how you start companies. Yeah, you talk about the circle of success. Mm -hmm. So cool. Well, you know, until we chat again, do you have any final words that you want to leave everyone with? 
My final words is uh, this will pass. This is the COVID-19. Keep the faith. It's uh, keep, keep the faith and, uh, and uh, just, just keep the faith. It's uh, it's, uh, we've got a lot of pain in the country, uh, but that's, that's what makes us so great. We always overcome. So great. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having just an absolutely fascinating discussion with Dr. Jim White. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.